Eagle Vision's production of Taken, the podcast, deals with mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. We shot four seasons of our television series, Taken, and we were honored to share 59 stories of Indigenous people from across Canada who have gone missing or have been murdered. In our fourth and final season, we were able to include some stories of our missing and murdered Indigenous men and boys. All of the families are in search of healing and justice. One family is grieving the loss of four of the people they love the most. It was the summer of 1989 when a young family of four disappeared into the night never to be seen or heard from again. Doreen Jack and her husband Ronald were 26 years old. Their son Russell was nine. Little Ryan was only four years old when the whole family vanished from their Prince George British Columbia home on Strathcona Avenue in the early morning hours of August 2nd. It was reported that Ronald met a man at a local bar who offered him and Doreen jobs at a logging camp north of Prince George and that the family quickly packed up and left with him. Before their disappearance, the Jack family moved from the small community of Burns Lake to Prince George in search of a better life for their little family. They tried to find work and settle into what should have been a happy life with their children but there was no work to be found. It has been three decades since this heartbreaking mystery began. An unimaginable scenario that plays over and over in the minds of the family, community, and law enforcement. At any time during this podcast or afterward, if you have any information that might help solve the case of the disappearance of Doreen Jack and her family, visit our website. Someone out there has answers. Our goal is to find them. The disappearance of Doreen and her family is the first documented case in Canada where a family of four has vanished without a trace. Hundreds of tips have been received, exhaustive searches have been conducted, and media has covered their story. But we still don't know what happened to the Jack family. Who is the individual that lured them away? What happened to Doreen, Ronald, Russell and Ryan Jack. Doreen Jack and her husband Ronnie grew up in the north-central interior of British Columbia, in an area that encompasses the town of Burns Lake and six First Nation communities. It's a hub of activity for logging and mining, also known for abundant fishing and environmental beauty as well as ancestral land to a large population of Indigenous people. The communities also border the infamous Highway 16, known as the Highway of Tears. The night the family disappeared from Prince George, Laureen Jack, Doreen's younger sister, who lived nearby, could see her sister's house and was puzzled by what she saw. I saw Doreen running in and out of the house the night they went missing. And I wish I'd have known that that was what was happening to them. When I saw that white pickup truck, something told me I better stay away. Doreen's husband Ronnie's experience in logging and the necessity to provide for his family played a huge factor in his decision to accept an offer of employment from a stranger in the summer of 1989. 
the name of the stranger, and the logging camp is unknown. But police released a sketch of the individual. Mabel Jack is Ronnie's mom, a hereditary chief of the Skintai First Nation. Mabel was the last one to speak with her son the night the family was last seen. Mabel recalls the phone call that would leave more questions than answers. Ronnie was just desperate to work, so I just went along with him, taking the family with me. If you, if I don't come back, you look for me between Bannerhof and Lucas Lake. Over the years, searches have been conducted in that area by family and law enforcement to no avail. Marlene Jack didn't find out her sister Doreen, brother-in-law, and nephews were missing until two months later, after Ronnie's last conversation with his mother. I was living in Maple Ridge at the time, and uh, my Auntie Laura had phoned me. I I had just got off work, too, that day, and she asked if I've seen Doreen and Ronnie or any of them, and I said, no, I haven't. My Auntie Laura said that she's been missing for a couple of months. She said that they got a job offer at a logging camp um, where Ronnie would work uh, with the men logging and whatever they do out there, and Doreen as a camp cook, and then the boys would be in a daycare. And uh, I got really confused. I asked Auntie, I said... uh, Daycare? No, they can't have daycare at a logging camp. How come they have kids out there? They can't have them out there. They should bring them home. The disappearance of Doreen Jack and her family is still an open case. Prince George RCMP have renewed calls for information about the night the family vanished. It's common for many people living in remote communities, like the Jacks, to relocate because of the lack of social and economic resources. For many individuals in the Highway 16 region, this comes with great risks. Dr. Negan Sinclair from the University of Manitoba knows about the stark reality and dangers that affect Indigenous people across the country. So the Highway of Tears, uh, which begins for many people right here in Manitoba with Portage la Prairie and heading west, where women and men as well who are often escaping situations involving violence and sometimes poverty, uh, substance abuse, or perhaps violence within their own areas, um, are left to the mercy of many of those who are traveling. Uh, They are um, moving goods, they are moving themselves, and along the way, while using the land, use Indigenous bodies for their own personal benefit and for their own profit for their own exploitation. It's a story that's well-traveled in North America. It's not something that begins specifically in British Columbia, but is also indicative of the larger treatment of Indigenous peoples and women particularly across North America, the equation of Indigenous bodies with extraction. The circumstances of what may have happened to Doreen and her family are hard for their loved ones to believe. For four people going missing all at once is really inconceivable. Like, you'd never think something like that ever happened. Like, yeah, sure, you hear one person missing from here, from there, 
but a family of four, like something had to have happened. And there are people out there that do know what happened and are refusing to come forward. It is suspected that Doreen Jack, her husband, and their children were innocent victims of a horrific crime, taken advantage of because of the necessity to survive and the trusting nature of a young couple dreaming of a brighter future. Their family deserves closure. If you have any information, visit our website. Doreen Jack, her husband Ronnie, and their children, Russell and Ryan Jack, were reportedly taken three decades ago on August 2nd, 1989, from Prince George, British Columbia, under the pretense of being employed at a nearby logging camp promised to them by a stranger Ronnie met at a bar. They packed up some belongings and their sleepy children and disappeared, leaving behind a family with no answers and a historic case unsolved. Doreen Jack had a life full of tragedy, but she was deeply loved. As children, Doreen and her sisters were raised mainly by their grandparents. Her younger sister, Marlene Jack, remembers a simpler time when they were children, living in close connection with the land. It was a community where we, to travel, we used horse and wagon. And uh, our grandparents, they had these uh, four Clydesdale horses, beautiful horses. We always, um, when we needed to get water, we had to go from grassy plains all the way down to South Bank, fill up our canisters with water and then bring it back up. We used to do berry picking in the field. Um, my grandfather used to take us out to try and show us our trapping and medicines. Um, plants. It was a good life. As her sister Laureen Jack remembers, teaching was also something Doreen loved to do. We lived in a small little shack, just like a one basic bedroom shack, the kitchen, living room, bedroom, all in one. And outside the door, like, there'll be like a little tiny hill for me, it looked like a big hill because I was so small. And it was on that tiny hill, Doreen taught me how to ride a bike using a 10-speed. I find it funny because my legs weren't long enough to reach the pedals, but I practiced every day at it. There were times when I crashed into our front door with it. <laughs> but she was an awesome teacher. Doreen was always willing to help me learn something new. Marlene remembers Doreen as a protective, loving big sister. Doreen was very um, considerate. She'd always look out for us, um, made sure that we didn't get in trouble. I remember the one year we, we uh, me and my younger sister, we found a bird's nest and little baby chicks in there. And we tried to sneak them and tried to uh, raise them ourselves. And... Doreen found out that we had them and she says, what are you doing? She got so, like, like you're going to get in so much trouble. So she took the birds and, and she asked us where we got them and we had climbed uh, the, the highest part on the, in the barn where we shouldn't be climbing. She had to climb back up and bring them herself. 
Living with their father, Doreen and her sisters were often surrounded by a dangerous and volatile environment. Marlene and Lorene recall Doreen standing up for them when the situation was at its worst. My dad liked to drink. Um, he partied a lot. And um, there'd be other men, they'd come around and drink with him and, and they'd, they'd uh, offer him alcohol to keep him busy. He says, you, they tell him, you go drink over there. And then while he's drinking and talking with other people, some of the men would come over and sneak to us girls and, and make sexual advances towards us. So my older sister, Doreen, she, she got the brunt of that. My sister, Doreen, stopped them and told them that we were too young for him. So she said, I'll do this. Just leave my sisters alone. After the sisters were apprehended from their family, they were enrolled in the Lajac Residential School. Doreen's sister, Laureen, shares an experience that was consistent in residential schools across Canada. When Doreen, Marlene, and I were, were attending residential school, we weren't allowed to acknowledge each other as sisters. And every time I did see my sisters, it was hard not to try and wave at them without any of the supervisors noticing because they did catch me do that once and I got into very big trouble for doing that. So we were taught that our biological family was not our family anymore. After residential school, the Jack girls were enrolled in a new school where Doreen got to explore her interests. In Grassy School, that we did uh, home economics, and, and there was cooking and sewing and stuff, and we all learned how to do our own clothing. And uh, she made an outfit I think it was a shirt and a skirt, really nice. And um, she won first prize, so at the end of the year, they, they awarded her a, a brand new sewing machine. But she, she loved sewing. Every time she went in that class, she'd not bother with anybody else. She'd get right down to work and, and learning as much as she could about sewing or cooking or anything like that. Doreen was just a teenager when she fell hard for Ronnie Jack. We know Ronnie, everybody, we all grew up on the south side, small community. Um, we all catch the South Bank bus, school bus, and and um, Ronnie, and all of us were going to grassy school. I think that's when Ronnie asked Doreen to be his girl, and she told me that day. She goes, Marlene, come here quick, I want to tell you something. She was so happy and excited about that. And she told me that uh, Ronnie asked her to be uh, his girlfriend. But when Doreen went to Prince George College, a man whose identity is unknown sexually victimized her at a party. Like I was saying before, how drunk people used to always touch us like octopus. Their hands are all over the place and they just don't stop. Okay, and you're tired of fighting the arms off. It doesn't matter how far you push one off, one comes. This is the situation, in Doreen's situation that night. She tried to say no, no, she didn't want it. So I would say that was rape. She didn't give consent. Doreen became pregnant with her son, Russell. 
Russell was born February 28, 1980. And uh, she loved him with all her heart. She didn't care the circumstances or anything. He was her number one. Ronnie accepted Russell as his own son. Five years later, Ronnie and Doreen had Russell's little brother. Doreen was close with Ronnie's mom, Mabel. Mabel remembers Doreen as a loving mother. He loved that little baby, and then, well, everybody loves the babies. Doreen and Ronnie loved each other very much, and they loved their little boys. The disappearance of a whole family is unthinkable. The Jack family deserves justice. If you have any information, please visit our website. Doreen Jack, her husband Ronnie, and their two young boys, Russell and Ryan, disappeared on August 2, 1989 from Prince George, British Columbia. Hoping for a better future for their children, they believed they had jobs waiting for them at a logging camp and jumped at an opportunity that may have never existed offered by a mysterious man. What happened to them is unknown, leaving their family in turmoil searching for answers. Ronnie and Doreen's boys meant everything to them. Their eldest son, Russell, was conceived in a non-consensual situation with a man whose identity is unknown. But Marlene Jack remembers that Russell was cherished by the whole family. He was so cute. Yeah, learning when um, he was baby. uh, He used to do so many cool things, you know? Um, like when he's learning how to speak, I used to try and tell him, say all the difficult words and then he'd try. And then the way they mispronounce, you know, how babies don't say giraffe just yet or hippopotamus. Doreen's sister, Laureen Jack, also remembers what a treasure Russell was as a kid. Russell was an awesome little baby and... He was lots of fun to be around because he was like a little inspiration. I'd be, we'd all be teaching him his ABCs and he was getting the hang of it. But what we got the kick out of the most was every time we'd say W, then he'd say double me. (laughs) Russell's baby brother Ryan was a rambunctious boy who loved to wrestle. Laureen remembers Ryan's energetic personality. Ryan is only like a month older than my oldest son, Carl. They used to get into some pretty rough wrestling matches and end up laughing at the end because none of them got hurt. They were both trying out the moves they see on TV. After Doreen's troubling upbringing, raising children meant a new beginning, but nothing could prepare her for what was about to happen. What happened to Doreen and her husband and boys? I want my family home. That's what I want. How can you possibly, possibly think about her? Any kids, these boys were innocent. They had nothing to do with nothing. These were kids. You need to give my family back. I want my family. Three decades of not knowing what happened to their family members has taken a toll on Doreen's sister, Lorene. 
I wouldn't want to wish anything like this for any family. It's just too stressful and it's hard. And it's even harder to get the answers that you want because nobody out there wants to talk. Doreen and Ronnie's family's story should be told because they are people and they are loved and missed by their families that are still here. All of us, we'd love for them to come home or at least have this case solved because just the not knowing is like stressful every day and waiting to hear back from the RCMP is even more stressful. Life still goes on, but deep in the back of your mind, there's still the not knowing. To help in the search for the Jack family, a Facebook page was created to encourage people to share information and to support loved ones of others who are missing or murdered. Telling her sister's story and keeping the case alive, Marlene Jack testified at the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls Inquiry in Smithers, B.C. in 2017 and vows never to give up. Our family dealing with this, this so much confusion with it, so many different stories of what's happened, where they are, too many different uh, theories. We don't, we don't, our families, we don't talk to each other. I had one of my cousins last year, a couple of years ago, tell me I need to forget about them. I'm never going to find them and I'm never going to have them back. He, he was telling me this and, and telling me I need to forget about them. And, and no, I'm not. I'm going to keep fighting and I'm going to keep pushing, even if I have to go look for them myself. Information regarding theories of what could have happened to the Jack family has not been accessible. Other than the release of the sketch of the individual Ronnie may have been seen with on the night they disappeared, which is available on our website. Because of the open case status and ensuing investigation, details of what police may know at this point cannot be obtained, adding more to the family's frustration and concern. Marlene's greatest wish is to have her sister home. If she was here right now, I would not let her out of my sight. No. I'd be her shadow for sure. If you have any information that might help solve the case of the disappearance of Doreen Jack and her family, visit our website. On the final episode of the Taken podcast, we share the story of Amber Tuckero, whose body was found near Nisku, just outside of Edmonton, Alberta, in August 2010. Amber was 20 years old and the mother of a young son. Hauntingly, Amber's voice was recorded as she was led to the site of her death. The man who led her there has not been identified. What happened to Amber Tuckero? 
For more information about the Taken series, resources, or to share information or tips you may have about any of these cases, visit our website at takentheseries.com or download the free Taken Knowledge Keeper app for iOS or Android. Taken, the podcast, Doreen Jack, was written by Jackie Black and Rebecca Gibson. It was produced by Hannah Johnson, Tyson Karen, Linda Nelson, Norm Lucier, and Martin Davis Kinnack. Executive produced by Kyle Irving and Rebecca Gibson, and hosted by executive producer Lisa Meaches. Taken, the podcast, was produced by Eagle Vision in 2020. For a full list of credits, visit our website. To watch full episodes of Taken, the television series, visit aptn.ca. Funding for Taken, the podcast, provided by the Government of Canada through Women and Gender Equality Canada.